millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Rogue Report podcast. I'm joined by Gav today. How are you doing, Gav? Hi mate, not bad. I'm joined by Connor. Connor, how's things? Good, yeah, good. Good to be in the studio. And I'm joined by James. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm great. After the weekend, mate, it's great. Good, good. And we won. Can you can you believe it? I can't. We won two 0 We got goals from the Honeyman, and we got goals from Vaughn. James, you were there. I'll throw it to you first. What did you make of the game? Yeah, well, it was kind of like a typical nil nil relegation battle sort of game for the first half. There wasn't really much in it from either team. And uh, I think we got behind them, their defence once. Oviedo with a nice ball inside that was cleared by Burton. But apart from that, it was just like chances from afar. They had, we had the McNair one that was at the near post, and then Burton had a few through Marvin Sodell. It was quite close, quite easy, and then the subs in the second half definitely changed everything. Uh, nice and proactive, changed the shape of the game, changed how we were playing. Uh, but they kept the same approach, didn't just go long ball like under Grayson when, when Vaughan mm-hmm. came on. And uh, just kept going at it and deserved the win in the end, I think, personally. It was just a perfect away performance. Mm. Coleman was... Well, I just think his decision making was spot on. Um, if you compare it to Grayson's earlier in the season, the derby match, first mm-hmm. home game of the season, where he, ref- he kind of refused to bring Kazir on, didn't he, when the yeah, game was yeah, crying out? Yeah, he made no subs that game. Yeah, he did yeah. not make any subs for the first two games, doesn't he? And there was a couple of games where he kind of failed to act, wasn't there, or acted too late, but you don't that, get that sense with Coleman, do you? That, that's the main thing. It's it's the reactive substitutions that he made. It was We were at a stage of the game where Burton were never going to score. Um you could see they were tired. You could see they were sitting deeper and deeper. And I think in the past that, I don't know, I think Grayson might have played for a point in that stage, mm. um, kept it tight. But then yeah. all three, I think he made all three changes within the span of 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes. Um, Gibson coming on for me changed the game. I was talking to you before. I, th- I think he was man the match. I gave him man the match on the show, uh, on the side, sorry. Um, mainly because when he got his foot on the ball, it pushed us 10 yards further up. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that you know Burton was sat that deep. That that's perfect for for Gibson. He's really. a composed he's not gonna, passer. Isn't yeah, well, he's not, he's not going to charge around. He's not going to he's not going to try and um, win the ball back. But if he's given ten yards of space to play, he is a really good footballer. Mm. Um, so I thought I thought that changed really changed it up. Um, then obviously bringing on after that Vaughan gave us something extra up front, grabbing. I think is a is a good goal scorer, but he's not much of a footballer. If you know what I mean, he isn't going to come deep, lay it off. He's not going to he run him like high. Goal for headers, does he? Nah, he, but he's he's good at getting into good positions. Um, uh, you know, that, obviously that's shown in the amount of goals he scored this season. But 
sometimes you need somebody alongside him and Vaughan is a battering ram he's going to run run his yeah. heart out um, so when, when James Vaughan came on I thought I thought that Burton's defence is pretty poor anyways but I thought they weren't really expecting it um, and then obviously Asoro coming on after that gave us a bit of pace and width um, I'm not his biggest fan I've I've stood by that for a while now. I've just, I've seen a lot of under twenty threes football this season, and he does not look interested in playing at that level. When he's come on for the first team, he's underwhelmed for me. But he is a young lad, and he's going to have days like that. Mm. Um, but that was his that was his defining moment for me on Saturday. Um, you know, the quality of the ball in the box was, you know, outstanding. Um, he isn't a great crosser generally, but I just think I think he came on and done the business and. That 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 gives me hope, especially with Watmore being out. Um, I, I just think that going forward, we need players, unheralded players, to step up. McManaman mm. being another one, um, we, we need, we're going to rely on those heavily. Um, Talk, but, talking yeah. of players stepping up, I was very impressed with Browder as well coming back into the side. I thought he did. I thought he did very well, and getting the getting the clean sheet as well. It's just kind of like that added bonus to the win, wasn't it? Mm. He looks like a proper defender, doesn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. We've not had like a defender who just loves defending for a while. And yeah. He's got that enthusiasm. Yeah. He's athletic. Yeah, he's athletic he and he's got pace and he's got height and he's got strength. And he looks like he's got the potential to lead as well for somebody being so young. He looks like he's of a good character as yeah. well. He doesn't his head doesn't tend to go down. He's um yeah, he's good. I really like the it's not just like his physical presence with Browning. Like he is a he's a big lad and he's got a lot of pace. But it's he's you can tell he's an accomplished defender as well. Like either way he reads the game. One moment that points out, like in my mind for me, it's like it was like kind of innocuous, really wasn't that big. It was in the first half. Matthews got done for pace by the little Burton tricky little fast winger. <laughs> and then Brown and like read the read it perfectly, he was out there and like won the ball back with a brilliant like sliding challenge and knocked it out. I think it was either for a cro- throw in or a corner. Like it's a small, like innocuous challenge. But you're not gonna see John O'Shea or Mark Wilson do that. Mm. And they're probably not even gonna be able to get out there by the byline <laughs> so quickly either in the first place. It benefits O'Shea immensely having somebody with that amount of pace next one like, yeah. it was, there was one point in the game where O'Shea um, I thought he actually did okay he wasn't great but he did okay but there was a point in the game where O'Shea he, he approached their man I can't remember who it was and the lad just literally knocked it around him and then ran the other side and I was thinking that's where O'Shea you know they're the starting to work him out um, yeah. but his reading of the game is tremendous and you know Browning's going to benefit immensely from just playing alongside an experienced player yeah. like that um, but I'm 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 a bit I'm a bit on the fence with O'Shea. I just think Coleman came out after the game and spoke about O'Shea and Catamore specifically about the leadership that they bring to the team. Yeah. And it's great, yeah. It, but it, it, all, it all seems to happen when a manager first arrives at Sunderland. The, the same players step up. Mm. And then it's it's about continuing it after that. Um, Catamore, for me, I didn't have a great game. But, I mean, you know, we won and we got a clean sheet. And it was it was one of the two changes that he made. So... Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just, I just think that as a, as an all-round performance, it was a good team effort. Yeah. Um, but there was a moment in that game where I didn't think we were going to get anything more than a point. Mm. But it was quick thinking by the manager, which really got us over the line. I, I just hope it can be one of those kind of season-defining moments, and in, in terms of you know staying up, getting mid-table or whatever, whatever we're going to achieve. Hopefully, we'll look back at Burton and think that was the moment where it changed because we desperately needed the clean sheet, hadn't kept a clean sheet all season, and we hadn't won since Norwich. Morales being on the floor, and you know Coleman loses this one and then <clears throat> fails to get a result in the next one, and it's kind of what's happening. So yeah, I, th- I think he's done really well. What do we make of Coleman so far? Our thoughts, like I thought. His celebrations at the end were tremendous. Yeah, I, I like him. I think he's charismatic. He's. I was reading something today on the Sunday Echo, and they were talking about 
um, the need to have a charismatic figure at Sunderland. Mm. And I kind I agree with him because the it, the fans need somebody to kind of cling on to and sort of. He, he says a lot around. of the same things as Grayson, but he seems to say them better with more authority, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, you, you kind of believe it when you well. believe it when it's coming from Coleman. Yeah. But with with Grayson, he looked a bit like a rabbit in the headlights, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I think Coleman definitely. Uh, he has the balls for the job. Yeah, to put I agree. It bluntly, and I think... you've got to you've got to give him mega respect for for mm. taking it. Yeah. You know, there's some big Premier League jobs when went the season already and he, he, he opted to come to Sunderland to a bottom mm. of the championship and he was asked about it um, and he and he said look league position doesn't bother me this is a big club somebody's got to get it right eventually mm. it might not be me it might be the next person but why not have a go I love that attitude you know he, he came he came in and he knew he knew that well he came in with his eyes wide open he knew mm. exactly what he was walking into mm. um, I hope in January he gets the money that he needs to strengthen the team but to be honest with you that, look, that, that brings us know. on to a question actually from Twitter. Yeah. Sam Quigley says, "Who would you who would you get rid of in January to fund any incomings?" Um, I think Didier and Dong. Well, I, I've got a feeling they're both yeah. out the door. I think. Yeah. Well, what's yeah. going on with Dong at the moment? Because he was supposed to be he was well, supposed to be a family bereavement, but he hasn't turned well, back up from that, has he? He, he has. Oh, but he has. He, I think he turned up late. Right. Um, but he Lamine Coney put a, a video on his Instagram story of the two of them in, in the training ground the other day, mm. but. Apparently, and Dong didn't come back the day that he was meant to. That's right. what I've heard. Right. But you don't know. Um, but look, I, I, it, it doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter what um, you, you know what they bring to the side. Really, at the end of the day, we need a squad of players who are together. Mm. I've got a feeling that once those players are gone, that's when we can really take a step forward. Who they are, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think we'll soon find out. Though I think I think the fact that Rodwell's not being anywhere near the team for the last two games probably tells you a lot about what Coleman thinks of him and he was sounded out I know the press were the ones who approached Coleman to talk about it he was quite open about it as well yeah, yeah, he was, though, I mean he? he was asked about it it wasn't mm. like he broached the subject but yeah. he was quite happy to say look Jack's got a lot of ability but if he doesn't want to be here then you and know. Col- Coleman said if he if he wants me help help he'll get it you know I'll, I'll try but he's got to give something back hasn't he he's got to show something and he hasn't for well I can't remember the last time he did show anything in a Sutherland show never never <laughs> he's never done it he's, he's been hopeless from day one I, I, I remember when he signed though I remember when he signed for us and we had a friendly um, I think it was in Bishop Auckland I was there I, I can't remember who we played um, but anyways, we had, we had a friendly in pre-season, and Rodwell, it was Rodwell's first game. And I thought, oh god, I, I was like, oh, what a player! He looks class. Mm. It was against Darlington, like he scored on his mean? debut against Man United. Let's uh, forget. It was yeah. a header. Yeah, the header uh, corner. Yeah. He's quite potent in the box. He's, he's pretty decent in I the think air. The thing is, he's he's so badly done to by all the injuries over the years. I think he's got no self-belief. Yeah, yeah he's, he's mentally not there anymore. Isn't yeah. I don't think yeah. he has enthusiasm for the game. Mm. I think I mean you've talked about before Gav like this will be his last club and I, I'll probably agree yeah. I think he'll stay out his contract and then he'll be done yeah it's all psychological with Rodwell we know he's got the ability like you've seen like in, in glimpses that he's got the ability like, you've seen his time at Everton he's how good he was there but it's all psychological all his mind his problems and I kind of feel like Watmore might be a little bit like that but like, I think Watmore's got a much bigger strength of character than Rodwell but yeah. come back after two injuries exactly the same and the same Exactly the same ACL in his right knee. Mm. A fear for his psychological, psych- psychological like well-being, and as a footballer afterwards, it can't be easy. Like, I mean, th- there's been some canny examples of players, like Son and players, who have come back from multiple knee injuries, like Fraser Campbell, for instance. I know he's not had a great career, yeah. really, but he got capped by England after two right. injuries. Does. You know, currently experiencing it, he's done the same injury twice to his mm-hmm. knee. Yeah, like you look at Callum Wilson, a Callum Wilson performance yeah, just been out with two ACLs. I mean, one was his right, one was his left. It was like two different legs, but like it's not the same one. 
but psychologically he's been back and came back and banged in the hat trick and I think what more just needs to look like look at people like Wilson like look at his work ethic and I think what more's got a similar sort of work ethic and his dad Ian was on Twitter like saying like how he's 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 just had his operation and he's feeling optimistic he's feeling good and he's ready to get back in I mean he's not going to say anything else publicly but I feel like if if anyone will come back from that sort of injury it'll be what more it, it couldn't you know such a nice lad now. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I've got so much time for him. You know, I think he's. I think he's just the right. He's the type of person you want playing for Sunderland. Yeah, he's got so much time definitely. for everybody. Um, he's he's obviously quite an approachable person. He's he's of good character. He, you know, he's got an education behind him, and he's yeah, he's yes. done well for himself away from football. And I think like, he's having his prime years really taken away from him. Is, is pretty from, sad. From the family is from, and what his dad does and stuff like that. It would be quite easy for him to kind of. Look down on Sunderland and and think that maybe he was one of these that was doing the club a favour, but he's never ever been like that. He's just got no. he's just got to it straight away. Uh, see, see the problem with knee injuries as well is you you don't know how strong it's never going to be as strong as it was, mm-hmm. and that's got to play on your mind, especially when mm-hmm. it's happened twice. But if there's anybody going to come back from two knee injuries, I think it'll be him. I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, mentally, it must be torture for anybody, but I think of any player at Sunderland currently. If they're going to come over, overcome something like that's going to be doing yeah. what more. The hardest thing for him will be when he gets back on the pitch and he'll have yeah. to ride that first challenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember Michael Bridges coming back the second time he came back after he'd had a load of injuries. I mean, he left Sunderland on a high, um, went to Leeds, was one of the top strikers in the Premier League, got a really bad injury. I think he might have broke his leg, um, and he never returned the same player, Michael Bridges. And I remember when he come back to Sunderland on loan in the Championship. Um, I went to New Ferrens Park with my dad to watch us play. That's where we used to play the reserve games. It was Bridges' first game back. And I always remember the first thing my dad pointed out was, look, he's just riding every tackle. And he was. Mm. He was jumping over everything. He was out of the way. Yeah. And I just think that's probably what put Michael Bridges from being like an England-class striker right down to the, you know an average mm. centre-forward. It was because he'd been injured and he it plays on your mind. There's nothing you can yeah. do about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the good thing about... like. What I think Coleman's done the last two games is well how he's introduced to Sorrow. That's going to like on this yeah. topic of what more like the Sorrow's like the way he's played, the impact, like, the speed that he's got. If we can have a player who can replace that aspect of the ge- of the like the game that what we've lost through Watmore, that would benefit us massively long term mm-hmm. if he can live up to the early hype from a couple of years ago. Even though I've seen him a couple of times in the twenty threes, don't rate him that massively. Yeah, but his genuine like pace like could just. The same as Watmore just threatened some of the weaker defences you've, in the league. You've got to utilise it because then you, you look at that team that started on Saturday and there's just no pace. We've got nothing yeah. on the bench. He's pretty much our only pacey outlet. Yeah. Um, and you've you've got to find a way of getting him in the team. It's unfortunate that, that you've got to rely so heavily on a young lad, but I mean, we did pay a lot of money to get him and we did pay a lot of, I mean, we brought his family over, gave them a house, jobs. They obviously thought a lot of what of us saw right. when they bought him. He was brought here with, you know, a long-term plan in mind. Maybe not at this stage. They didn't think he'd be playing for the first team, but we haven't got a lot of money. Um, we've got at least a month before we can actually sign any players. Mm. Um, so maybe it's a Soros time to step up. I don't know. I, I, like you said, I've watched the under-23s all season, and it doesn't stand out a great deal. Although I think there's a there's a wider issue with the under-23s. I just think mm. they don't play great football, and you know maybe that affects a player like Asor when he's playing lone striker against two centre halves and he's about five foot six mm. you know but I can't fault him for the way he came on the last two games especially especially against Burton the, I mean like I said earlier the, the ball into Honeyman was perfect you know yeah. it was the same it was the same area that we attacked for the Vaughan goal um, but you know 
being being able to put his foot in the ball and and, and coming away from the game thinking I got an assist in that game it's going to perk him up massively and I think Coleman obviously thinks a lot of him because mm. you know he's used him in two games now yeah um, I think the squad being the way it is he's gonna he's gonna have to kind of hang his hat on a couple of the younger players as well possibly until January one kind of figure that's dropped off slightly since Grayson left and it leads to a question from Harry Macbeth Aidan McGeady I or Nat what do you think at the I, moment for me I think he's one of them players who's always going to be hot and cold in a season yeah. mm. if you look at his goal scoring record for us so far he scored his goals in kind of bunches mm. and we and knew that when we signed him yeah he, he's, he's never going to be the sort of player who's going to consistently score every other game and get assists every other game what he does offer though is like when we played uh, played QPR mm-hmm. That you know that moment where he just scores a goal for no reason. Yeah, and he's always nothing. got that in him. He yeah. always has that ability, and that's why I think you've got to play him. Uh, I can see why people are getting frustrated because at the minute he's giving the ball away, he's mm. dribbling to poor. Yeah. Someone someone made a great point about McGeady though the other day. It was um, I can't remember who it was, but it was it was about the World Cup in Ireland. You know, you've got to think: was he playing? Was it was he playing with that in mind at mm. the start of the season, knowing that um, getting into the Ireland team would give him a chance to go in the World Cup obviously he's in his late 30s well, early 30s yeah, now yeah. but he's not probably going to get another chance to go to the World Cup and play for his country um, and you've got to think maybe with them with them now out of the out of the qualification for the World Cup you know, <coughs> what's his motivation essentially a personal motivation was well, obviously he's a, he's get, a grace and player as well isn't yeah, he yeah that as well and he, look he's a he's, he's an outlet in games where in the games he's scored in the season you know very often they've been games we've lost or you know the QPR one, for instance, we, we, ne- we never deserved a point from that game, but a great goal got us it. Mm. Um, yeah, same against Preston as well. Mm-hmm. The second goal, he, he pretty much tackled outside the edge of the box and banged it in the bottom corner. It was like a beautiful goal. But for the much of the Preston game, he didn't really do much, McGeady. No. And I think that's what's like, every game, it's like 70 minutes, 80 minutes, doesn't really do anything. But then for two or three, he gets that key pass or that key goal and he gets but something. If he was consistent, yeah. he wouldn't be playing for something. Yeah, he'd still be at Everton. Like, that, that's that's yeah. exactly the point. We have him because he can't do it on a And that's why basis. it costs 250000 Exactly. Yeah. So to, maybe it's about accommodating him in the team. Like I thought at the weekend, I thought he was probably our worst player. Mm. Um, you you yeah. mentioned the stat in our group chat earlier, Connor. Yeah, about he gave away the ball 10, 10 times. He got dispossessed, tackled. Yeah. Um, I, just, I, just thought, I just thought it was it was a really poor performance from a player who's lacking in confidence I think but mm. may- maybe the case I think to be honest I think his best position is playing off the striker in behind I just think when he's getting in that space in behind a striker um, he's at his most dangerous he's not the type of player who's going to hit the byline and whip a cross in yeah. um, he likes to cut inside and he likes to use his right foot and with age as mm. well he's only, his legs only yeah. going to fail he's not, he's not as quick as he used to be No, no. so may- maybe, it's, maybe it's a case of when, when Coleman eventually gets around to developing a system well that's, would, that's the thing with Coleman's system, system at the moment is that he likes to play five at the back but he's admitted that he doesn't have the personnel yeah. and if he does play that system where does McGeady fit into that he's because he, he could play off the striker in theory but is McGeady going to be kind of a first name on the team sheet with a five at the back I'm, I'm mm, not so sure I think he would play I think he would mm. in, a, in a five when you've got a five man defence there's often a space there for a number ten mm. further up the field I, th- I think it's more about can we build a team around him and grab him because I, th- I think their weakness is something we've got to try and get around. Like, like I said before, Graben's all-round game is pretty awful, but he knows where the back of the net is. So yeah. maybe it's about getting players around him who can develop, you know, develop the ball essentially and and, and get get him in areas where he can be dangerous. Because um, I know Vaughan can't play at the weekend against Redden, but 
James Vaughan came on and he and he, he did beef that attack line up whether you like him or not he's not going to get us a lot of goals this season but there is a use for him in that he's team he's a nuisance wasn't he yeah yeah. and you've got to, you've got to hope that you've just got to hope going forward that he can be reinvigorated I'm, I spoke about this to somebody earlier on you, you kind of look at the job Coleman did for Hal robson Carnu's career at Wales that's just astounding you know. that you know how well <coughs> Hal robson Carnu has done when, as, as a free yeah. agent when he was when he was at the Euros as was, when he didn't have a club that's it but he he was a you know a low average Championship forward, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I know, I know, Pulis signed him, and West Brom have done great, but he, he's been used. But the, the point is that he he had a use in a team which done very well at the Euros. Yeah, you've got to kind of look at someone like Vaughan and think he's probably going to relish working with someone like Vaughan. You know, someone who's really underperformed since he got here. Can he? Can he do something with him and, and find a use for him in a, in a system which works for the full that, team? That's the encouraging thing for me about Coleman is the f- is when he was at Wales he got the best out of a limited pool of resources. He couldn't buy anybody. He had to work with what he had. Yeah. He had to find a way of moulding those players into a system and get the best out of them. And he did. Admittedly, had Bale and Ramsey and Allen, but he also had like the likes of Jazz Richards and James Collins. Who, yeah. That's yeah. exactly know, the point. What, what aren't, he aren't has that worse to do, than we're, what we're working with now? Yeah, what he has to do is he's already done it a little bit. We've seen with Darren Gibson. Mm. Find what people are good at and go with it. You know, don't shoehorn people into the wrong places. You yeah. know, that was that was Grayson's biggest failing for me. Yeah. You know, yeah, he tried. It was like he didn't really know where to play Honeyman. Honeyman started the season quite well, but he, he never got like a position for him in the yeah. team was playing he playing three central? right backs at once and uh, you know uh, constantly chopping and changing your goalkeepers and your defence he kept the same back five that was one of the big things for me I, I did something on the site today um, just assessing what, what Coleman uh, did on Saturday and one of the big things for me was keeping the same back five yeah, he's kept definitely. faith in Robin Router mm. who has had a you know, a really poor season. He, he so had far. a couple of flaps against against uh, Burton as well. But then you've got to think the clean sheet will do his confidence the world yeah, of good. Yeah, yeah. Because getting selected again does. Yeah, and that I, I was I was at the two games he played in pre-season. I was at um, Bradford, Bradford, and Scunthorpe. That was anyone's really contract, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And I was at Carlisle in the cup as well, and he was man the match in all three games. He was yeah. outstanding every game. Aye, well, he was really unlucky you against know. Carlisle because he saved the penalty and I got knocked in. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. But he was he was just tremendous in, in every game, mm. and that. At that point, I mean, the, the two pre-season games, he was fighting to win a contract. In the cup game, he was fighting to get recognised. Yeah, yeah. And somewhere along the lines, just because we're getting hammered every week, it's obviously affected him and it's affected Steele as well to an extent. But I, I think of the two goalkeepers, Router is the better. I just think yeah. that now Coleman's got to pick a back five and stick with it through thick and thin yeah I agree we need the consistency I think yeah. especially with the with the instability and the turmoil the club's been through this season I just think we could really benefit from that kind of not even the same 11 but kind of same way of playing and the, and the same personnel at the back it'll, it'll give us a nice platform just, yeah just until we get ourselves out of the mess really yeah, yeah. I mean we've got we've got Redden on Saturday who are not doing great um, no. That that's a massive game especially considering we haven't won a home game in so long um, that, that's a real opportunity for us to then pick up that first home win, that, get that hoodoo out of the way, and move on to Wolves, which is going to be an absolutely mental game, really, because they're such a good side. Yeah, they are good. Um, Very good. If you can, if you can get that win against Redden and go into the, there's a little bit less pressure on the Wolves game then. Um, it's kind of a freebie, the Wolves game, isn't it? Kind yeah. of. We've, we've got to go swing. one game at a time, really. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just think Redden is a perfect opportunity. If Coleman could have picked two games to play. After, once he got Villa out of the way, 
you couldn't pick two better than this, really. Yeah. And if anybody's going to be motivated for Redden, it'll be Lewis Graben. Lewis Graben yeah. got penalised yeah. off Redden fans last season for lack of motivation, lack of effort. When he scored two goals, I think, in 15, 16 Stan games. Stan played him right, right wing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Game. Subs, you, I, mean, I mean, he's not been that here that long, but does anybody here think Lewis Graben's a right winger? Nah, no, no, not, not no, in the slightest. The one thing he's got is he knows where the goal is in this division. That's it. That, that's that's what, all that's, he's got, really. His, his build-up no. play isn't great. As Connor says, he never goes for a header, really. I don't think I can no. remember winning a header. His head infuriates me. You sit next to me at the match. I get infuriated but, every time. But Darren Bent was like that. I, I keep saying it. Darren, but but Darren just, Bent couldn't jump off the floor. Yeah, he's, like a, he's like a bargain Darren Bent to me. I, mm. he, he does the same. He moves in the same way. Yeah. He, he's, I used to watch Darren Bent and think, like, how's he got 20-odd goals? But he does nothing else. And... You can't train being in the right place. It's no. kind certain of a throwback at the don't. Because the top, the top class strikers have that and a bit more to the game, whereas Graben's in the championship because he just really has that, doesn't he? That's, that, that's the, the thing, really. Southern fans have got to kind of look at what we've got. So mm. I, was, I think there's a reason they're here, yeah. you know. I was talking about Graben the other week and I was saying like I don't think he's a poacher like a, po- like a poacher in the old sense that Jimmy Defoe is a poacher. He's always going to stay between generally the two posts yeah. and just... Go for go, get on the end of things. Go for things. Read where the ball's going to go and be there. Graben seems to be just a good finisher. He's got a good finish on him. Mm-hmm. He's got a decent amount of pace. He's his positioning's not brilliant. Like his position's always a little bit off. It's like for the for the goal at Aston Villa, I thought his position was just quite wrong. He went in went to the near post and there's two defenders and a goalkeeper there. Whereas Vaughan peeled off and Graben with some good reactions, fine, did get the finish. I don't think he's a t- traditional poacher. I think he's just a good finisher and an accomplished championship striker. He never, he never seems to be on the last man, Graben, does no, he? He always no. just seems to be somewhere in between the 10 and the 9. He infuriates me sometimes because we're trying to attack late in the game when we're getting beat, obviously, because we always are. <laughs> and he's not in the box. He's sitting yeah. on the outside. Yeah. What are you doing? He was, our most, I was looking at like average positions of our players on Saturday and our most advanced player on average was George Honeyman. Graben was level with Paddy McNair for much of the game and that's because of how deep he comes maybe that's part of our, I would just say it's our creative problems and our grace and it seemed to be better we had six shots on target like 13 altogether against Burton which is much better than we've had recently mm. but that shows how deep Graben likes to come to Mind, receive the ball he did help to create the second goal because he, he won the ball twice like in midfield yeah. to play it across to Azora so I mean mm-hmm. maybe well, cutting no, the I, disservice I, 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 I wouldn't dispute that he he definitely brings a lot of quality to us. I just think that um, in a better system, you'll have someone alongside yeah. him or in behind him. Yeah. That, that that much is clear, I think. I just think that he's a better player when somebody's feeding him. Um, like, you know, the goal against Norwich and the one at Brentford, uh, where there were both long balls in behind, you know, he was... he was. Those are the goals he'll score uh, nine times out of ten. Yeah. When when you put a ball in between two defenders and he's just just about to peel off and he goes. And like you say he's got a decent amount of pace, good finisher. Um I just wonder whether whether in January we might actually try and buy another striker. Um, particularly with Watmore being out, you know. Mm. Um it was like that question you asked earlier, who would you get rid of to to bring in new players? I think I think I can probably earmark four positions in the squad which need to be strengthened, like pretty crucially. What would you say those were? Uh I mean, I guess it. We'll, we could see how December goes, but I think a goalkeeper, as much yeah. as I want Rauner to do well, I just think that maybe Coleman might decide to get his own keeper in, Definitely. particularly as like there's someone like Danny Ward going spare at Liverpool on loan. Yeah. You know, um, I think we probably need another centre half because yeah. O'Shea is not going to play every game every week. He can't. Um, can he? Is, is <clears> Wilson's quite clearly a crock. <laughs> just doesn't play. Uh, he's in well, the team. He's injured every every time he plays. 
Um, and Galloway is awful. So, when but he Galloway, went, wait, what even is he now? Is he on the bench for games? I've never seen him. Nah, he was nah. against Villa, but... This leads me barely. to a question from Craig Jackson on Twitter, actually. If all fit, what is the preferred partnership at the centre of defence under Coleman? But I, I think that's kind of a leading question because he'll go to a three eventually. So I think he'll have to yeah. sign somebody. Do you think he'll go with the three? Do you think he'll eventually? I do. Uh, I, yeah, I really think he, he, I think he admitted in his first press conference yeah, that's I, what I he think, wants to do. I think the three covers for a lot of the but, inadequacies. But if we keep yeah. playing well, if he sticks with the four and we'll, you know, say we did up to January win two or three more games, why would he change it? No, that's, that's a good point, but I don't think we will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, but the, he's, he's probably thinking of something in two stages. He's thinking in the short term, how can I stabilise this club? How can I get how can I get them into the middle of the table, which is where we need to be mm. by February, I think. Um, I, I said this on um I, I called into where uh, to to spark I was on Sports Bite and I was talking them through the kind of evolutionary process of Coleman at Wills and he started by kind of making them defensively solid. They had a couple of strings to the bow because they could they could sit and defend, but they were good on the counter attack and they could play a bit of football, but he'll make us hard to beat firstly, and then you'll start to see us playing a bit better football yeah. against the likes of Burton and stuff like that. It'll be a process. I think we need to give him a bit of time as well. Yeah. yeah. With Wales, he found out exactly, like, people always say yeah, he had Aaron, Aaron Ramsey, Gareth Bale, but he found out how to get the best out of Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale. Mm. And I know the form they're in, it's not hard, but at first, it really was div- quite difficult. And then he found out the best formation, the best system to get the best out of those players. And if you can do that with some of our players, like we mentioned earlier, McGeady and Graben, who've obviously got the talent, if you can find out the system and get the best out of them, then he's not he's not scared to me. shake things up in the dressing room as well. Like he took the captaincy off Ramsey, which was a big thing. Ramsey's a Cardiff guy, Coleman's a Swansea lad, so he's taken the the captaincy away from a Cardiff, and there's that divide kind of div, um, divided the fan base a little bit, and he. Showed the strength of character to do it, explained to Ramsey why he was doing it, gave it to Williams, explained to Bale why he wasn't getting it, and got everybody pulling in the same direction. And I think that's crucial if he's going to survive at Sunderland. He needs to get that dressing room as fractured as it's been in the past, pulling in the same direction. Which is, which is why I wouldn't be surprised if there's, they're already putting the wheels in motion and get rid of a couple of players. He probably already he probably already knows, he's probably already been told who he needs to get rid of. Oh, I'd imagine by so. The, by the likes of Stockdale. The people who are around the club every day will mm. know who the bad eggs well, are. He's good mates with Kevin so. Ball as well. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned that. Kevin Ball and... Um, Andy Melville. Melville. Andy Melville, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I would, that, that's something down the line I'd like to see is Kevin Ball more involved. I've, know, I've said this. Especially, especially since it's a close personal relationship there, there's a lot of trust. It just makes no sense at all to have Kevin Ball not involved because he's he knows the club so well. Yeah, I completely um, agree. You know, he immediately commands respect when he walks into a room. No, he does. Um, and you know, Coleman could do a lot worse, really, mm. than than bringing him closer. He, he might have already. I don't know, but I just think I think that's something to look at down the line. The the players, like you say, if they're going to foster a togetherness and a and a good team spirit, um, he's going to need all the help he can get from his coaching staff. Ball, ball will bring that to Sunderland. Um, we know he will because as a player, he was. Well, he was just a leader, wasn't he, on the pitch? You know, he's, he's just a downright nice bloke as well. I mean, yeah, and um, he yeah. does. He did an interview. Well, he's done four parts for the site now. Yeah, um, and the fourth part, we were we scheduled it for before the QBR game, but he had to do club duties, so he ended up cancel cancelling. And he said, "Oh, I'll come to you next time." And true to his word, he came and he yeah, sat in this very studio just... and and talked to us. And this was the day after Grayson got sacked as well, so he had yeah. things on his mind and other things yeah. to be doing. But he was true to his word. He came and he sat with us for half an hour and. Talked to us, didn't he? Yeah, did I. Um, on the question of attitude and such like, what did we all make of the Vaughan celebration? Um, <laughs> I was 
at first it, it kind of like me as pricked up and I was like what's he doing what's mm. that about um, but then part of us in reflection can understand why he might be frustrated um, they're still human beings at the end of the day footballers mm. and mm. when you're getting told your shit every day yeah. um, by the fans of the club that you play for it's going to have an effect and, and he's quite active on know. Twitter Vaughan so he'll see all yeah, of this as well yeah but he's, I think the thing is is that um, he's you know not had a really had a chance to, to prove himself um, since Graben started scoring all the goals he's been on the bench mainly um, so for him to get a goal it probably let a lot of frustration out you know it shows passion chest, maybe yeah it shows uh, passion exactly. I would much rather yeah. he showed a passionate celebration than he just you know like, oh, well you know but it, it happens it, scored like, Somebody compared it to Barini earlier, when he when he dove in front of David Moyes and and I, it's I, see with Vaughan I think I think it's different. I just feel differently about him as a person than Barini when he did that. See, I'd compare it or contrast it even more with Stephen Fletcher's celebration. Yeah, yeah when yeah. he'd done the same thing was with Fletcher. You kind of know it's all about Fletcher. You knew everything was all about him. Whereas with Vaughan, he's he's the, he, yeah he's he's angry. He's sat just back with a fan on Twitter after the game as well. But with Vaughan, you think. He's got the character, the way that he shows himself on the pitch. You think that he's just genuinely hurt by what's said. But you've got, to, you've got to think. He, I just he, don't know why he's doing it after scoring. Yeah. He, run, he runs like he runs around as well. I know it's I know it's easy to put stock in just running around, but he does graft. He might not be, you know, <clears throat> the most quality striker we've ever had at the club, but he does put the graft, and it must be frustrating for him that things haven't worked out as well as he would have liked. He took a big gamble coming to Sunderland Definitely. as well. He you was know, the man at Bury. Yeah, left a comfort yeah. zone where he'd scored twenty odd goals mm. for. a for a poor side you know came here took a gamble went came to a club where he thought that he'd be um, playing most weeks I would imagine he didn't come here to sit on the bench you know what I mean yeah. um, I uh, can understand why people are, are a little bit annoyed with with him I can understand why that might upset people because this, people do believe that you know footballers are very lucky to be in the position they're in and for you to then criticise the support has yeah. or that's what he appeared to be doing yeah I think um, there's two points know. isn't there I think it's you kind of you got to realise the human but it's very easy especially you know the likes of us and we scream on the terraces and we're right from our ivory towers and we criticise this and you know when somebody gives somebody gives us a back a bit I think sometimes you've just got to take it on the chin oh aye yeah. yeah yeah. He, he's got what 2 and 16 so he does just need to learn how to react to that better and yeah, I think Coleman yeah. will have a word with him with it he won't lay into him because that's not how Coleman is. He'll just sit down and talk to him, like man to man. And then I th- because if Coleman's going to be like the way Coleman celebrated, then the game is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was tremendous. And the fans loved it. But he's going to need to have a word with Vaughan because Vaughan can't be going out and saying these sort of things after the game. Mm. Showing need to show togetherness, and that's the fans and the players, not mm. just the players themselves. Well, in amongst all this, it's been kind of forgotten that he's now banned from the next game. Yeah, he got yeah, booked. Yeah, yeah, he got booked for going towards a crowd. I think well, that could yeah. cost him though, because I mean. He well, put himself in a position to be. He would have. You know, I, I think he might have started the next yeah, game. Yeah, now he, if Graben yeah. scores at the weekend, say he goes with an Azoro as well. Yeah. And Azoro scores, and he, he's knocked himself. You've got to be smarter than that. Like I think, I think it's always bothered us. It, it used to bother us when Ross Ross Wallace used to do it. He got sent off against you know, Hull. People used to think it was great, and I used to think he's just being stupid because mm. you're costing yourself. See, I hate the rule. Mm. I think it's, it's yeah, but you know, such the, you know the rule in the though. game. Yeah, yeah, but, but why? Exist? I, I get what you're saying, James. I think. Yes, the rule is stupid. Um, but we can't do anything about that. But yeah, you've got to play within the rules of it. Yeah, we you all do. know the yeah. rule. Um, but he, he would have probably played some part against Reading, yeah. especially at home. I like to think because you know the pitch is quite small at the stadium now. We might have went two up front. 
Um, maybe not change the system too much, but maybe got somebody in alongside grabbing. Maybe not from the start, but he might have played half an hour. Um, depending on whatever the game plan was, but now we can't. We haven't got another strike to call upon now. Um, so you've just got to hope that you know everything goes to plan we're grabbing on Saturday because if we are at the point in the game where we where we need somebody else up front, we're going to struggle. Um, but you know that's that's. He's got to learn from that, hasn't he? We, we talked earlier about the uh, the goalkeepers. Um, we've got a question from Twitter again. I think I already know the answer to this one, but is it time to drop Reuter and give somebody like James Talbot a chance? I mean, I'll come in on this and say, for the reasons already stated, that probably not just for the sake no. of continuity at the moment. He's just got his clean sheet. Probably not you know, wise to drop him now, but should James Talbot be knocking on the door, given, or at least be you know maybe on the bench in and around the squad, given the kind of incompetence by by Steele recently? You lad, you lads know how much I rate Talbot. He's, yeah, you like him. I think really. he's the best keeper at the club personally. Yeah. I've watched him for quite a while now. He's a he's a fantastic goalkeeper, but he's never played professional football. Mm, yeah, and I think one of the big issues with development at Sunderland is that we don't push enough of, the, of these lads out into playing professional football like Pickford before he'd even made his son and debut he'd already played 100 games professionally but that, that counts for so much and yeah, it's, it it's you know under 23's football is it's alright sometimes but it's it does nothing for development I, I think I think that Talbot before and Stryzak to an extent they've both got to be playing he's football he's back from now as well Stryzak I think I think he was just sent back because he didn't play at the weekend. I think there's a problem with the under twenty threes as well as that the play against him with the same group of players for so long, like ten years coming up through the age groups, is it but kinda of comes a bit of like a, a friends league, doesn't it? They kind mm. they're comfortable playing against each other. It's it's not intense, it's not it's not professional football, is it? It doesn't so? make any sense to me why they don't loan them out. Because all the success stories we've had, Henderson had that loan spell at Coventry. Callback. Callback went to Ipswich yeah. twice, did what really more? well. Pickford, what yeah, more went more. to Hibbs? Um, he went somewhere else, didn't he? I can't remember. No, no, just just, just hips. hips. Yeah, yeah. But you look at them, you're like, there's good examples of players that we've brought through who've done really well from a loan spell. And even ones we've let go, who've then went, you know, like Egan went to Gillingham and proved himself. Yeah. We released him, but he, he yeah. did that. It just shows that they just need to play that professional football, Wack get on. that feel of the dressing hall. Wackhorn as well has yeah, gone off and, and proved himself to a degree. It, it seems like the academy are more interested in winning things. Like this year, they've bought bottom. So like the bottom of the under twenty threes of our division, so like they're not going to win anything this season. But in the past, they were always like first or second in the league. They're always up there, like competing yeah. with like the Man United academy side. And it seems like a lot of the club hierarchy away from the academy, but within the club where the disconnect is, they've been too concerned with winning these victories of the development side well, instead of actually developing the players for the senior team. The, the the best example is probably Honeyman because he's mm. got to the age of twenty two, twenty three. And he's never played a game until he yeah. really come into the sun inside the season. Um, he should have been out on loan years ago when they knew that he was a promising, you know, prospect going forward. There's another one there now, Ethan Robson, who's just uh, came off the bench against Villa, I think, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he's played um, a couple of games. Is a player who I think is stagnating at that level, massively stagnating. Um, just hasn't developed in the last well, year. We'll talk about Greenwood and Green, stuff. Greenwood, Greenwood. Well, Greenwood's Greenwood's another one who he played in that Watford game at the end of the season when Aldice was manager. We all thought that we were going to kick yeah. on though. One or two, we thought they're going to yeah, come into the side can, and maybe get a bit get a bit more experience. How can you but, kick on though when you're you're not getting they're not getting a reason to kick on because they're just playing the same team? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, against it's, against Watford at the end of the season, we all thought, oh, these these youngsters are going to have a few more opportunities. They'll, it. they'll know that the reason why they haven't made it, if that's why it is, is because they were never given that yeah, opportunity. To play. Precisely that. You know, you got someone like Tommy Robson who played in that game as well. 
I mean, he his time here is over. The, you yeah. know, it's a shame, really, because the, they were given a chance in a game in the Premier League and stood up quite well. Probably played out of skins because it was the biggest opportunity of their lives. But had no after that point, well, after that point, you've got to think. After that, then you had the summer break. Those lads would have got loan moves to good clubs, mm. and they didn't. And they were, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't. But they would have if they'd been pushed enough. They would have been pushed out to decent clubs, League One standard clubs. Even, I mean, f- you know. forget about the club for for a second as well. It's unfortunate for them that we're hanging on to them unnecessarily as well, and they're, and they're not being offered the chance to develop somewhere else. And yeah, well, there's Josh Robson just come back in the under twenty three team. Mm. Um, the last couple of games, I think it's because one gambles injured. Yeah, it is. Um, but he had barely kicked the ball since last year. Really, yeah. Played in the Dortmund game in pre-season and and was given loads of praise for the way he played against a good side like Borussia Dortmund, and then just nothing. And not even poor, in the twenty-three. He's been poor for the under twenty-threes recently as well. Yeah, he had an awful last couple of games, and he's kind of been ostracised for asking for a loan move away, seemingly mm. as well. But it's it's a shame. It's just the way things are at, at the minute with Son, and I think hopefully Coleman's around long enough to have an impact on that side of things as well. Um because we're kind of seeing now that um, maybe that group isn't good enough mm. or maybe there's a couple of players that could do with being away in January yeah. be interesting to see which ones go like if any because I think you've, you've got to, you've got to now look at the likes of Elliot Embleton yeah. um, Jack Diamond um, Diamond, Diamond looks really good yeah but those are like probably the strongest players in that group you've got to maybe look and think why not just send them to a Northern League side or a conference side or a League yeah. 2 side and just yeah, play Den- men's Den- football, you know? Denver Hume could definitely get a, a move away as well. Uh-huh. He played yeah. well uh, yesterday for the under-23s. Yeah. Even if they're not getting moves away, like even if the ones who are staying here, we need to build an identity throughout the club for the players to be moving forward so you can see that progression. So they can like, so they're not just moving from the under twenty threes into the senior squad and having no idea what the style of football is playing. Something completely different. All this, all the successful academy sides where they get the players in the team, like Fulham. Fulham have got an identity all throughout from under fourteen all the way through to the senior level, and they all play to that same system. So it's like they're just fit, fitting into a different team, but it's exactly the same system, yeah. and th- it gives them a massive head start. I think it's common sense as well. I mean, we will look back to where uh, when Grayson was in charge and we had Ever- Everton in the League Cup, and instead of maybe throwing a couple of youngsters in just to see if they could do it, he plays three first team right backs. And it's... that was that was a that was a real turning point for me with, with Grayson. Like, I think I kind of lost all faith in them that mm, day. Definitely, um, because you know. Tom Beadlem might not be the answer, but let him play. Why play Billy Jones centre half? He might not be the answer, but we don't even know. Yeah. I know we're treading old ground moaning about something like that, but it's like it's more indicative of just everything, really. It's like yeah. why, why, why are we letting these lads stagnate? Why, why is Tom yeah. Beadlem even still at Sunderland? Mm. Send him out on loan. But going forwards, like the way that Coleman's tread the under the, like the youth levels so far, like getting them involved, he's kind of partly enforced due to injury. But he's not being afraid. He brought Ethan Robson on right at the end, like yeah. train, try, trying to change the game, trying to push. He wasn't afraid to bring him in. He brought us, he proactively brought Saw on to change the game. So if anything, we've hopefully got the right manager to try and push towards that and change that in the future. Yeah, he's, he's mentioned Mazur as well. Mm. Yeah. Curious to see what happens to him because obviously yeah. he's such a shame he got injured. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've watched I've watched these couple of games since he come back and he's he, you can tell he's struggling for fitness. He looked really good um, in pre season as well. He was amazing. He, he was really the best forward we had in pre season. He was absolutely brilliant. I think he's the best yeah. prospect we've got at the academy and have yeah. done for the last couple of years, including Duncan Watmore and Lyndon Gooch. Yeah. In that, I think he's that good. Well, if you, if you took out Madge's goals in pre season, then it would have looked even worse. I mean, it was a sketchy pre season at yeah. best, but it would have looked really awful if it well, wasn't that, for him. Yeah, I know. I know. Lado played. With with him for the under 18s and um, he thinks he's 
one of the best players he's ever played with. But he says, he says it's strange to say this, but I think he's actually more suited to the Premier League than he is the Championship. The way he plays, mm. he's not the quickest. He hasn't got a turn of pace, but his first touch and his abilities are something else. Yeah, he's a very intelligent footballer. Yeah, and I, I guess when I'm saying we don't have any other strikers, well, we've got Josh Madger, mm. and he did earn his chance in pre-season. It'll be interesting. Oh, if he, I would imagine with Vaughan not being available. Um, at the weekend that Madger might be on the bench at least and we might see him late in the game it would be good because I think putting his injury aside that he got he if he hadn't have been injured he would have played against Derby I've got no doubt about that yeah, because definitely. he'd been the strongest forward in the team in pre-season without a doubt and then for him to get that, that injury in the Bradford game was the, the, the in fact the game where he, got, where he got injured in the Bradford game he was class scored a good goal Um, it just makes you think like I hope it hasn't stagnated him. Yeah, you know? yeah, you don't know how they're going to react to injuries earned, and stuff. Well, he's earned his opportunity. You know, now he's now he's near in fitness. He should be in the first. Team. I would probably say Marge is already the best target man in the team right now, mm. and not like an old school target man where he's going to jump up and win a header and battle a centre back. But he's got such. He's a big. He's big. He's he's got. He's a massive unit already, and he's got a because of his ability. He's got a low centre of gravity, and he's brilliant mm. at keeping the ball to touch. And he showed that all through preseason, though he was linking up with Wabi Kasri, keeping the ball, holding defenders off, like holding off like Scottish defenders who play like <laughs> pretty rough football week in week out. And he's holding these off like he's a accomplished professional. Mm. And then linking up with players, and like, I think he's already like got the ability to like get the best out of team players around him as well. Like Graben obviously needs somebody there with him, mm. and Marja's Marja can do that. Marja can do what Vaughan does if he's fully fit. I agree with you that. I think Marja kind of shows more in his all-round game than even grabbing at the moment I think yeah. in terms of strength and ability and, and holding the man off and actually now we're talking about it maybe he might be involved at the weekend um, I think the under how 20- far away is he from fitness um, well he, he only played I think he played now yesterday yeah. did he um, so he's on the, on the, the, the under, we'll, we'll probably know by Thursday I think I think the under 23 has got a cup game on Thursday at Hull I quite like the um, club's tweets as well about Marja where it was at half time against, at half time against Leicester it was the 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 pre-organised 45 minutes is over like as in yeah. like a don't worry he's not injured yeah. again <laughs> Aye. I, th- I think one of the criticisms levelled at Asoro as well that he can be a bit kind of big headed and playboyish I think that comes across in the social media occasionally not to point fingers but Maggi you don't get that sense at all he seems very yeah. well grounded no, I've, I've spoke to people very humble. I've spoke to somebody who works there at the club told us a lot about Maggi I said he's one of the most well liked kids mm. uh, he's got so much respect for everybody um, he's very graceful he talks to everyone he's, you know he's a nice kid mm. Um so you've got to kind of think because he's so well grounded he, he's probably got you know the best chance of making it here really. he was actually another one who came through Fulham Academy and played at youth level with the Sessignon brothers mm, right. and, uh, and they, I, I was quite surprised when they let him go and I think getting him in and the, getting him out to, to Sunderland was quite a coup <coughs> getting him up from London but oh. I think as soon I don't know if he's ready yet but as soon as he does come back we've got to get him at least within reckoning maybe on the bench just to get him the experience at least I think he'll be on the bench on Saturday. He's got to be. Kind of when you think about it now, we haven't got any other forwards. So yeah, we've yeah. Gone we need somebody on the bench. Um, but I th- I th- like I say, he's, he's earned his chance to be there. The, the injury shouldn't change that. In, in the same way that McNair and Watmore were brought pretty much back in the fold after their mm. injuries, I think Madja should be too. I've been impressed with, with uh, McNair since he's come back. Like he's poor on Saturday, though. I thought he was pretty poor on Saturday. But, yeah. but again... Come back um, from injury. That's it. He's got to get. He's got to get over that first month or two, yeah, yeah. and then maybe look to kick that on. Was probably, you know. What was that? His third start. Yeah. Yeah. So and he's been thrown back in straight to the deep end, man, as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like him as a footballer. I liked him yeah. last year. Um, he, 
he just looks to me as though he'll he'll make it. He's got all the qualities to be a good central midfielder. Versatile as well. Yeah, I can see why he's brought in the team uh, at the weekend because we have no height in our team bar yeah. the centre half. So it was important to get somebody else in there who can help on set pieces yeah. and stuff. Good on both boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah, exactly. If you if you need a goal, you can put Paddy McNair in an attacking position and he is yeah. good in that final third. If you need to defend, you can put him as like an extra centre back. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you like, if that's what you want to call he it, d- he can do that. Isn't his preferred his preferred position as a number ten? Isn't yeah, he I likes so, yeah. number ten. Yeah. I wonder if he, I don't think he'll ever play there. I think he's I think he's too rangy to play that far forward. I think he, he's he's got a good like good utility player to have around. Obviously, I'd like to see him see him nail a position, but he's been talked about as a centre back, centre yeah. midfielder, central defensive good. midfielder off the off the front man. He was originally long... signed as a striker from I think uh, to to Man United. Man United's. Man United scouted him from, I think, Palimina in Northern Ireland. He was originally signed as a, as a striker and yeah. was slowly moved further and further back. And the first, I think, the first time he played like as a full-on centre back in his career wasn't a Van Hal. It was, it was, yeah. yeah he, he, it was he's never played centre half. He actually done an interview about that. Said I'm not even a defender. I just <laughs> they played him and Tyler Blacker at centre half because yeah, they had that many injuries, didn't they? Um, Michael Carrick was like the extra defender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, moving it on to the Reading game on Saturday, it's at home. Connor, what's your prediction? I think they'll win. I always think they'll win, but I think they'll win this weekend. I think Redden are, are not great. It's that um, blind optimism, isn't it? It's not blind optimism, though. <laughs> no. It's founded because the, they needed to get that monkey off their back and they needed to win that game against Burton and they did it in... The I, way th- I, I think there's two it, monkeys, though. There's the winning monkey and then there's the home monkey. Yeah, but I think I think yeah. now that they've won a game and the fact they've got a new manager, the focus isn't on the streak. I call no. it the streak. Ended. The streak. <laughs> yeah, the focus isn't <laughs> like on the Undertaker. streak. It's, it's on the... It's on, you know... Coleman, it's on yeah. the positive atmosphere. I'm, I'm with you, yeah. Like I think, I think that Likewise. I think we're going to walk into the stadium on Saturday and feel a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, I, I, um, so I think I think the fans are, are starting to come back on side. Coleman's picked his words very wisely, but he made a great point. He didn't isolate the fans who aren't coming, uh, like Grayson did. Yeah, he he actually mentioned them. You know, there's loads of fans that aren't coming. We need to get them back, <laughs> which is he's very right that they do. They need to make sure that. Um, the stadium starts to fill up again because it's been a horrible place to visit. Yeah, you know we've all been going to the games for months now but, um, and yeah. watching the team get beat every week. You know, and it's, it's, it's getting worse and worse. But it, finally, now we have a manager who um, seems to be able to galvanise the support. And I think I think when we turn up on Saturday, I think the crowd will be swelled. I think there'll be a much better atmosphere from the off. I don't think people will be so um, keen to to you know moan and groan when things do go wrong. Which, although I understand it, that's what the case has been recently. You know, as soon as the ball goes out of touch, it's the first thing. Oh, you know, I don't think it'll be that this I week. I think it could be like when Martin O'Neill came in. Do you know that first game against Blackburn? Oh, in the the seven, 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 just a different, kick, a, a different feeling about the place. Yeah. You've yeah. been such a malaise for long for such a long time that once everything seems to feel a little bit better, people buy back in. It's yeah. got to lift at some point as well. What's impressed me about Coleman as well, actually, when he's been talking about kind of winning the stairway fans back and the people he's lost, he's he's used he's used like the collective we quite a lot, and yeah. he, he's talked as if he's been at the club when these bad things have been going on. It mm-hmm. hasn't been oh we've got to correct the wrongs from a previous regime. It's it's all about we as in the team. He's part of that. He's Grayson part. Was... He's part of that failure. He hasn't isolated it and pushed it at Grayson's door. It's almost like he's res- he's accepted responsibility for it already, which is really impressive. But Grayson did the opposite. Grayson was always like that had nothing to do with me. Like this is new now. You know everything's forgotten. Yeah. As was David Moyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's still just just yeah. In, incorporated it and and trying to right the wrong. I suppose. Yeah, it was just it was the it's not of my business. What's happened in the past doesn't matter. Whereas and, and I think. Coleman's shown his intelligence as well because he wants to 
kind of he needs to well he needs to learn from that if he's going to get it right he needs to understand it yeah yeah he just he kind of gets sullen fans like this is the most right like I've felt about an appointment since Allardyce I don't know if it's, it just feels safe with Coleman. Like, there's something right that feels like Coleman at Sutherland. Just the way about everything about him, like, the way he holds himself, his character, he just feels like he fits the club. It's his natural charisma, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's the way he carries himself as a person. It, it shouldn't um, be underestimated. It's very easy to get behind somebody like that. It shouldn't be underestimated how similar, and I've said this loads of times, people from South Wales and people from the northeast of England are because of ex-industry and, you know... Not to go political, but Thatcher killing the mines, and they've experienced a lot of the same hardships economically. So he, he gets the area already. They're the same type yeah. of people. It won't take him long to click on it. And you've already seen that. I mean, we'll go back to the celebrations at the end. Like just to give that fans that little oh, bit. It wasn't that. love. It, it wasn't overdoing it like De Canio, but you know, the, he knew the fans wanted that, and it wasn't a, a triumphant look at me, look at me. It was just like, yes, we've done it. And it even in the celebration, he was like, right, it wasn't, it wasn't on to the next one. It wasn't as lukewarm as David Moyes doing yeah. at Doncaster in pre-season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, was, I mean. there was a deafening row on that terrace as well. Like, when yeah. he came over, like, he, he didn't even come over. He just kind of, like, turned yeah, towards yeah. the away yeah. end. And there was, like, a deafening row. It was amazing. It's, it, it's lifted it's like, all of us. Well, it's, it's just a relief, isn't it? <laughs> I think you said something about sharp than that. Do you think yeah. I, I thought? Well, I, well, I lip Come on, you it. fucking beauty! Wasn't it? I thought it was how are you, bastards? I thought it was how are you, fucking yeah. bastards? <laughs> I was like, call me a bastard. <laughs> call me whatever he wants. <laughs> it must have been. It must have been a brilliant atmosphere on the on the terraces, though, James. Yeah, so, like to go down to Burton and be on the terrace in a, in a league game must have been class. It's amazing. Like I didn't think. Like, I was always kind of looking forward to it because of the stadium. Like I'm a big non-league football fan. Mm. And I love I love an old school terrace and like the feeling of like being able like when you when you lose your mind when you score like a late like a late right now like eighty fifth minute winner like that the limbs and not go straight into the back of a chair is amazing <laughs> like you could just like you could just fall into this crowd and like push back and forth like it was just the whole atmosphere for like, the whole ninety minutes was so much better and it obviously helped by the win but it was also helped by the performance of the lads like the way they played the way they fought for everything again just mm. like the Villa game. It's it's just so such a change from like the own un, own inspiring or uninspiring perform like matches under Grayson and Moyes. Was anybody down at Peterborough in the cup that time when we were on the terrace? Oh, the, that was class. Was that the McLean? Yeah, Seb Larson in the FA Cup. Was, was, that was that was similar. I was in the terrace that year. Absolutely brilliant. Just mm. makes you wish that. Was well, hopefully, safe standing's going to come back. That's been talked about in Scotland a bit, hasn't it? So uh, it's, it's a bit different though because you still got a reel behind you. Like ah, that's true. It's, um, the old terraces are mad. Like it's, you know, I, f- I feel a bit envious of people who just went every week to games uh, where it was like that. Well, you know? the, the stories of you know like seventy thousand coming into Roger Park. It's like oh, how was uh, how was that possible? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's mad. Yeah. Right, anyway, I'll go round the uh, round the table to end and get your score predictions, Connor. I think score we'll... prediction and scorer. I think we'll score out. I've got scorers. Well, you've got scorers, <laughs> right? <Go. laughs> uh, I think I think we'll win three one. Um, scorers, I haven't really thought that far. Uh, John O'Shea, because I always fancy him for a goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's got three. I know. I always fancy him. He did not make Figo once though. So. He did. Yeah. yeah. Did you not see that goal he scored against Arsenal as well? Yeah, yeah the nice yeah. little chip. Uh, Aye. Yeah. Think John O'Shea scores. You owe me a fiver. Uh, John O'Shea brace. <laughs> nah, <not that> far. <laughs> nah, John O'Shea probably grabbing. Uh, maybe McNair. James, how are you feeling about? I was going to go one nil ninetieth minute. Donald Love, but it once said went for the O'Shea one, so I've got to take it serious. Got to be grabbing, motivated against a team that he was at, and quite derided by the fans last year. He's going to be massively up for this one, I think. Mm. Gav, um, I'm, I'm going for a comfortable two nil. I think it'll be the same as Burton. I think I think we won't get an early goal. Um, I think we'll try and play in a similar fashion where we'll we'll kind of just hold off, take it easy, and then yeah. once they start to tire, try and try and then. 
you know, really grab the game by the balls. Um, so yeah, two nil, and I, I feel like another grabbing goal. Um, and maybe, maybe even McNair. I don't know. I think, he's, he's always got a goal in him, isn't he? Yeah, I think I'm with you, Gab. I think we'll play it quite tentative. It might be a bit cagey. You know, that whole monkey still on the back. So I think we'll leave it late, but what one or two nil possibly yeah. in the same in the same vein as Burton. Right, I think that's all for today. Thanks for listening. I've been James Copley. Uh, this is the Roker Report podcast. Thanks Connor for coming in. Thanks James. Thanks Gav. No problem. We're on Twitter at Roker Report. You can find all of our stuff on SB Nation, um, and the podcast is on Acast, iTunes, YouTube. YouTube. That's the one. Thanks mm-hmm. for listening. Cheers. <laughs>